What are you anticipating seeing, you know, amongst the New Zealand teams, given you've, you've given all that about the All Blacks? Oh, just so many good young players, mate. I don't know how you do it there. Oh, I do, because you've got three of the biggest uh, academies in the world. Fiji, Samara and Tonga. They're not bad. Oh, we were waiting for it. I was waiting for it. G'day, good evening, good morning. Uh, welcome to the Drops Kickoff for another week. My name is Nick Vasiliev, and this week we're continuing our podcast, our special podcast covering every single Super Rugby franchise. And you'll notice we have one more left to cover, and that is, of course, the New South Wales Waratahs. And we've got an absolutely special guest for you this week, saving one of the best for last. Uh, we've got a multiple shoot shield winner, MLR championship winning coach, Southwest Rocks boy. At heart, not Kempsey, despite what uh, what Wikipedia says. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, OG coach of the mighty New South Wales Country Eagles. It's one. It's the one and only Darren Coleman, head coach of the Waratahs. Um, Darren, welcome back to the dropped kickoff. No, it's good. Awesome. Thanks for having me along. If you can jump on Wikipedia and change it for me, that'd be appreciated. Yeah, I can do that. I can, I can do that. <laughs> so it's it's great to have you back. And and last time we were on, this was like ages ago, back when you were in your final year of coaching the Eagles in the NRC. And you've been everywhere, it feels like, since then. I'm curious, how's how do you feel now? How, have you, you, how do you feel you've progressed as a coach over the last five years? And what was a good lesson that you learnt from from travelling overseas as well as, you know, picking up another shoot shield um premiership in the meantime with Gordon during that period of time? Yeah, no, it's been a uh it's been a good ride. I've uh experienced lots of uh places and and I guess the thing I'm thankful for every day is that I can um wake up at my job to go and coach a footy team. So uh and as long as that footy team they're all keen and motivated blokes. It it keeps me keen and motivated. So had a good ride um, since the Eagles days. Yeah, Jeez, it's been a bit up and um, <laughs> Gordon was a good experience. Yeah, Gordon was a great experience. Um, really enjoyed that. Uh, LA um, and now obviously two years here at the Tars. Yeah, it's 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 been a, a good period. I think I think the the biggest misdemeanor or the thing for me is yeah, yeah everyone loves working in the highest level possible, and that that's my goal. Um, is to continue in Super Rugby and and go go further, but um, as I said, it, it's just the, the joy of being around a football team. Like there's just so many good things that come around uh, having it as your job. That every day you wake up and you get to go and hang out with a a motivated bunch of guys. Um, the Los Angeles gig was good for me. It sort of linked it linked that shoot shield level to professional rugby. It, it was a professional team. Um, we'd set it up ourselves. So there's a lot of learnings in doing it. Um, and then now to come, come to the Tars and Super Rugby is another, another notch up again. I guess what people forget is I, I was in Super Rugby way back in, in 98, 99 and 2000. Yeah. So over 20, 20 something years ago. So to do the full circle and come back, uh, it's, uh, it's been interesting. Yeah, it certainly has. It's been fantastic to watch, you know, you progress and, and work on, on, on your craft over the last few years. And I don't want to say it, but it kind of felt inevitable at some point that you would coach the Waratahs. And in a lot of these chats that I've had with coaches, there's always been a real emphasis and a talk on building an identity, sticking to an ethos, crafting a style of play uh, that is intrinsic to a province or a region or an area or making a vision that, that works for you. 
considering you know how long you've been playing at you're applying your trade in in New South Wales in your eyes what is your vision for the Waratahs yeah it's a it's a good question the yeah you've got to be a visionary of some some sort I probably live a little bit more in the moment than than maybe some others um I, I remember I said the I think one of my first interviews in this job was my dream and my vision is to drive into the Sydney football stadium and have all the the pubs around there, the Moore Park area just filled with, with people in blue jerseys and kids loving loving the game, loving our team, going into a, an amazing new stadium there which has got great atmosphere and, and acoustics and, and just having that that awesome sporting experience so that's the sort of the end goal and, and I know we've got a lot of work to do that we've got a lot of fans to win and some to win back to be able to do that yeah that, that that's one thing I, I want to promote rugby I, I want to have a team that kids want to be a part of they want to aspire to I, I got a, I got a, a young son now he's getting into his footy and all his mates I want them to they come to Tars games I want them to to have heroes and and want to be a Waratah down the track, and, and then on the on the field, it's it's pretty cliche, but you want to play a brand of football that that people are entertained by, and they want to come to it and support a team that, that every week is is resilient and is going to compete. And one thing I am proud of in my short reign here is, is our Auckland two weeks ago, we've never been flogged in in Super Rugby like we've. There's been games we've, I felt like just about every game we've been in up until the, to the real latter stage. It's probably the Chiefs last year. Um, you could maybe say, I think it was a 10-point spread and a 17-point spread, but there's not many teams that have collected as many losing bonus points. And I'm not saying we want to become good at losing, but I do feel we're producing a team that's resilient each week. And, and yes, we've got to get better and we've got to, We've got to play at a higher quality, but yeah. So, so to summarise, mate, I want I want full stadiums. I want kids wanting to be world stars, and I want a team that every week is going to compete and play a style of footy that the people enjoy watching. Yeah, love it. And I will say, I think that your the vision and the goal that you're you're aspiring to, you definitely hit the ground running with it in 2022 um so many fantastic memories that when we were playing when you guys were playing out at Leichhardt that Crusaders game was was honestly unbelievable um even the Reds game I was uh, on the hill completely covered in mud and just absolutely loved the the fight that was shown in obviously this year has been a year of challenges um and you've been the first to to admit it um uh, in you know in press match conferences and everything like that but you know in saying that there is still being there is still plenty of time to regain form and, and, and the run home looks like a pretty decent one for you guys. You know, we always like to say that like it's, it's, it is a cliche, but it's true that a coach's work is, is never done. Uh, you're always growing. You're always picking up learnings. You're always developing. What are some kind of key learnings you've, you've learned from, from this year, from this period of time so far? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It, it hasn't, I guess, had we had this season last year, coming off uh, no wins, people would be still happy. But I think the fact that we we progressed significantly in 22, as you said, had that, that great little scene going on at, uh, at Leichhardt and, and got some good wins, uh, got some Kiwi scalps and, and finished 
it's on the mid table, sixth in the ladder. Everyone, myself included, the next progression was, was to move to the footy stadium, continue the progression of our performance and, and be a top four team. And I know I've copped a, a bit of flack about, and you read different commentary and mm. people saying we're talking ourselves up in the start of the year and we were gloating to be a top four team. Uh, I sort of don't agree with that. Like, if we were six last year, and I'm a, I'm a coach worth my pinch of salt. Surely my goal is to go to the top four next year. So, mm, yeah. If people, if people, if people, journalists ask me what our goals were, I could, I could do the cliche. I oh, will take it game by game, and we got to get better day by day, and and all that sort of bullshit. Or I can say what I'm actually thinking, and what I was thinking is, well, we're six last year, so we want to be fourth or above this year. Mm. Um, now that hasn't, at this point in time, hasn't, hasn't hasn't come to fruition. We can still finish in the top four. Like I'm an eternal optimist. We got a as in not on the ladder positioning, but we've only got to win one playoff game and then we're in the final four teams in the playoffs. We we need to improve and we need to execute a lot better to do that. So yeah, so, so, so if I looked at the learnings, would I say I'd would I not go and spruik we were going to be in the top four? Well I don't know if I will. Like next year I'm probably going to come out and, and say that the same thing. If someone says, what are your goals? Well, my goal is to be in the, to finish the regular season in the top four. Because mm-hmm. history and stats, stats have shown if you're in the top four, you're, you're a much better chance of making the final and, and winning the thing. And my goal is to win our team's goal, our franchise's team is to win championships. Now, again, the negative Nellies will say, well, we're nowhere near that at the moment. And I can, I can see the side of the argument, but. Um, I'm not going to change from setting lofty heights. Like I'm not going to, uh, as I said, my dream is to fill that stadium out. I, I think you've got to have lofty heights, and but you've got to have the processes and, and the work ethic and all those things in place to to go. Um, what would our learnings be? I guess probably the biggest thing I've taken. If we look at our team, what's what's hurt us the most? I guess is been our uh, attack execution and our ability to take advantage of, of the entries we've had in the opposition 22 to take advantage of our line breaks we identified that as a big ticket item in our off-season review and things we we did work on what would probably i didn't give credit to was how much more we'd be we'd be analyzed this year i think mm. we, we we snuck up on a lot of teams last year we had a, a different pod shape in our forwards we did some different things with the ball which teams uh, it started in trial one down at Griffith. The first cracks appeared where the Brumbies started defending our, our forward pot a little differently. And I think some other teams just learn off that. My biggest learning was uh, I stuck with it maybe too long or I didn't have a plan B ready to go. We tweaked some things in our attack. And I feel we're at a point now um, where we can launch. Our shape and structure does have the ability to launch a bit better and and cause a few more problems to opposition defences. So, so that'd be my big my big thing. We put a did I put too much emphasis on round one? Yeah, you, you can look back now and say I did because we we trained for four or five months for round one. We really wanted a big homecoming at the footy stadium. We really wanted to, to beat the Brumbies in a, in a in a rivalry or a derby match, mm-hmm. and then we didn't. And was it a letdown? Did that a you never know sports psychology inside and out, but but 
yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so if I had to say, I probably should have tweaked some things earlier in attack um, or been a little bit more prepared that teams would be better at defending our attack and potentially a little bit more of an even-keeled approach to our season, like we sort of thought and said we'd, we'd come out with a bang and then and then be able to hold it. Well, we didn't come out with a bang and we and and now we're we're playing catch up. Well, yeah. Look, I think the accountability is is a, is a great key step forward. And you know, I feel I do agree. And I also kind of noted that the team kind of went a bit back to basics a little bit. You know, with that chief game, Chiefs game going forward, where you guys were were in the fight for a while. And you know, it's and I agree. I do see that the team, you know, does have uh, the chance to to fire and and do well in the on the run home. And I want to particularly ask about that that Highlanders win. Um, that you had over the weekend, it was a, a good bounce back from that from the Blues game, which I think we all would will will calmly move on for. But you know, well, you, you admitted afterwards, a bit of a stressful one. But Jakey also kind of was described in in the post match just how good it was, just that relief to win, get some back to back wins at home, and and that the club has kind of just been doing everything they can to regather that form. Again, there's a lot of winnable games on the run home. Um, and do you, so kind of, I want to ask you a little bit more about that point of, do you guys have a clear sense of what needs to go forward so the task can achieve that potential and grab some wins to, to push higher into that top four, towards that top four position? Yeah, no, we, we've definitely got some clear goals. Um, and we've had to recalibrate them, obviously, at the bye week. And, and then again, after, after the Auckland game, um, you, you're constantly reassessing. I, yeah, I, I sort of look at the Chiefs and the Highlanders as pretty similar games, both at home, both times I thought we showed amazing character and and resilience. Um, both times we attacked poorly or, or clunkily, if that's a word. Um, the difference being one one game was against the top team in the league and the other game was against the seventh place team in the league. So we, we our performances probably weren't too far from from each other in those, the, the Chiefs to the Highlanders game, but the quality opposition was different. One enabled us to get home with a win and one enabled us to lose by by 10 points. So just the same thing, mate. Like it's just that second half, like I thought we did some good things in the Highlanders match and we went in, we went up 11, we went in 11 up maybe at, at half time. And then to come out in the second half, it just felt like every time we, we got an A-zone entry or got, down into their half. We, we had a few line out stolen, which was unusual. Our scrum for the first time genuinely had some wobbles. I think we conceded five or six scrum penalties, which are just big swingers. We had some uncustomary hand, well, not uncustomary at the moment. We had some handling errors um, at different times, which which just cruelled us. And that's, that's I believe, and that, that's the difference between us and the the top four at the moment, like our defence is strong, our, our our work ethic and all those aspects are good. We're just making too many mistakes at the wrong time, and we're not as clinical as those teams. So mm. we're defending we're defending twenty points instead of being able to have to defend thirty points, and that's the difference at the moment. Um, what are our goals? Yeah, our goals are to, just to finish strong. Like we've got. The beauty of the comp, you wouldn't say we're like we've got a tough game this week against the Reds, and we've got the Rebels back at home. Like, there's no gimmies, and but as you say, they're all winnable. So mm. if we can get on a roll, continue to grow in confidence, find our mojo in attack, 
Uh, I've said it multiple times. You've only got to hit the playoffs um, in form and relatively healthy, and then you're a puncher's chance. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I, I completely agree. It's just little those little rugby brain things, those little one percenters. It's the the key separators because I mean the team looks it look they look hungry, they look motivated, they're staying in the game, they're staying in the fight for most for most games that they're playing in. And there's not and it, and you guys aren't that far away. It's it does look like it. And true to form, with the, we'll talk the game this weekend. Uh, you wanted the Reds and Force to beat the Living Daylights out of each other, and true to form, they did. Mm. Um, with of course the for the Reds prevailing in that clash, in what I thought was actually quite a well disciplined performance from them. Um, they've had the rub of the green last few years, but uh, as they always say, it's always the game in front of you that's most important. What key things are you looking to target going into this weekend to ensure? one win becomes two for for you guys and set up a really good run home. Yeah, no, they're, they're um, you're not wrong. Like we played them twice last year. Or we played them three times, actually. We played them in a trial. We played the Reds a lot. Played them in a trial. And then they got us both times in the regular season. Um, once in the wet at Leichhardt and then once in the wet, actually, again, up at, up at Ballymore. They were at that point in the year, because if you remember, we played all the Australian teams early and mm. and I felt our season was improved as we went along. We probably weren't the team at that point that we were at the end of that season. We got a few good Kiwi wins and sort of, I think, finished the ladder above them. But So they definitely had the wood on us there. We had a really epic trial against them again, which our trial games against them have a little bit more than a normal trial game. People don't read too much in the trials, but we play for the Santos Cup and there's a bit of cash mm-hmm. on the line. So they're actually a little bit more stinging than a normal trial. And that was a, an epic game, which... We got the chocolates at the end of the relatively controversial try, but <laughs> so yeah, there's always that um, that that state rivalry when you play each other so often. Does it diminish? I'm I'm not sure, um, but the the excitement for this week is that there's a lot of good head to head battles, and we haven't talked too much on it. But I know that you you ain't got to be Einstein to work out that Michael Hooper's looking forward to. It. To wrestling with Fraser McWright, that yeah, you know what I mean. That there's a lot of Jake's looking forward to going head to head with Tate McDermott, like mm. um, Langy Gleeson and Harry Wilson. So many good little matchups, juicy matchups there that we'll use as motivation. Um, them as a team, yeah, they're, they're dangerous like that. That back row is really well balanced. Um, Harry is their meter eater. Wright is the sort of hardworking one, and McWright is the a bit of the X factor and the the momentum swinger with his attack and his his jackals. Um, so their, their back rows really dangerous, um, and their offloading game. They're, they're really good at punching through the same seam with pops off the deck, and they tore us apart actually in the trial up at at uh, Narrabri this year, where they went through the the middle and, and popped and offloaded and scored some great tries. So mm. um, both teams have got a lot to play for. Six versus seventh. We both want to be, the Brumbies obviously have the mantle at the moment of being the best Aussie team. We both want to be clearly known as the second best and then chasing first after that. So um, I reckon it's going to be a, a ripper of a game. Absolutely. And uh, I'm excited for it. We touched on it a little earlier, but obviously, you know, whenever you get the journos and everything asking the question of, you know, what's what does goals look like? Of course, your answer is, well, I want to win the damn comp. Obviously, I think that's what I want. Yeah. Um, so uh, instead, for this kind of last question, I want to ask, you know, 
uh, we've touched on a little bit about your vision for for the Waratahs and everything around that. But what's the success, apart from the obvious answer of winning the comp, getting people uh, invested in the Tars again, what does success look like for DC the man in 2023? Oh, 2023? So I guess with the on-field results, we sort of touched on, like, I want to... We want to win the majority, if not all our games on the run home. We want to get to the playoffs in a better position than where we were last year. Like I felt like last year we got into the playoffs, but I, I'll be honest, like a, a Chiefs team were it's probably a, a bridge too far. They were a bit too big and physical for us, and that was something we really identified in the off season. I want to get to the playoffs this year, informed, healthy, uh, with all our most of our players available. And then I feel like we can, we've improved at the physicality stakes. I'm getting feedback from the Kiwi coaches after we play them. They're all pretty good blokes that open to, mm. that we, that we're, that we're handled. We've improved in that physicality aspect. And so my goal for, for the, for the team is 23 is to, to get on a winning run, get some momentum and get to that first playoff game and, and really give our, our fans uh, just genuine hope that we're that where we can pull that off, and so yeah, th- that'd be success. Um, again, I, I can't. I'm not going to trumpet that we're going to win the comp or anything like that. I just want to get to that, get to that first playoff week in form, fit, healthy, and have a really genuine swing at, at whoever we draw in in round one of the playoffs. Yeah. We, we understand. We understand. We got a. There's a lot to go under the bridge there. We don't perform well the next. Four or five weeks we won't be in the playoffs. So again, not getting ahead of ourselves. We're in. The, we're sitting in seventh now. We've got our goal this week is to get the six, and then our goal after that is to to keep winning week after week and and, and launch a shot when we get there. Love it, and uh, fingers crossed you you do and and you get and you bring the bring the choppies home and get the and get that form that we want. Um, we'll finish off with some good fun quick fire rugby questions aimed at DC the fan. No pressure whatsoever. So, no, all good. First question: Shane Williams or Brian Habana? Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> well, I actually coached against Shane Williams in Japan. He was playing over there for Mitsubishi. He was a little dynamo. Yeah, he's. he's uh, I'll go Shane Williams just because I know him. Nice, like it. Um, in your opinion, what's the best looking rugby trophy in the world? So we're talking just aesthetically pleasing to look at, or as nice to drink a beer out of. Oh. It's hard to drink. I'll only go with ones of one. Uh, um, it's hard to drink out of the shoot shield. It sort of spills out a bit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> the MLR one, I can't remember that one. What even was that one? Um, yeah, not sure. I think, I think it's a yeah. cup. Yeah, I think it was a cup. Yeah, no, I'm pretty um, I'm pretty keen on anything you can drink out of because it has that extra touch, doesn't it? You go, to the, you go to the pub or wherever you go to after for your celebrations, you want to you want to be able to savour a taste out of it. So everything's in a in a cup style. I'll have a crack at. Yeah, it was it was one of those running gags whenever we talked about the NRC trophy, the toast rack, and it was like the only thing that's wrong with it is that there's a where's where's the where's the the place where you can store the beer? Where is it? I'm missing it. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think the Super Rugby one. That it doesn't. That's not a really good drinking vessel either, is it? No, it's an egg. It's more like an egg basket. That one. So it's uh, <laughs> you can't do anything with it. Yeah. Um, the Reds are going to be playing out at Townsville this weekend. So throw this question. If the Tars were, were to take a game on the road in future, where is somewhere you'd like to go? 
Oh, I'm biased there, mate. I, I'd get up to my own hometown around the, the mid-north coast of New South Wales. It's, it needs a bit of a injection for its rugby. It's, it's a bit more league-dominated up there. But yeah. South West Rocks, God's country, is just I've just built a new um, little grand, uh, grandstand and, hop and sort of centre there. So, yeah, I'd, I'd take the Tars to South West Rocks back home. Good boy. That's the that's the answer I wanted to hear. <laughs> uh, have you had a chance to go back back out to shoot shield and check out any games? Not live. Just since it's start, actually, no, I haven't. But um, just because we've been away or we've we've sort of clashed at the moment, um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm about to start my annual circuit of shoot shield club lunches. I get a few of those <laughs> baits over the next over the next few weeks. Um, but. I've watched heaps of it. Like the beauty now is that every game's on stand. It's so good. So um, today being Wednesday, I'll start. I've, I've finished all our our review and, and preview of the opponents. I sort of spent today watching a lot of Shoot Shield. Um, probably half the comp I'll, I'll watch on the mini matches. They're great to get a little snapshot, yeah. and then probably and then I'll probably watch two or three games fully because around guys that I'm interested, we're interested in for next year. Yeah, love it. Sounds good. A few more questions. If you could bring one player or coach across from anywhere in the world and bring them to the TARS, who would you bring? Oh, player or coach? Like, geez, you got me on the hop there. Um, <laughs> Tom Brady, I reckon he'd be uh, yeah. he'd be pretty cool to ha- he'd be pretty cool to have in your organisation. He definitely knows how to how to win, and I, from what I've read and followed of him. He drives really high expectations in his in his teammates. And I think they're in somewhere around those blokes. They're just born winners and, and some stuff could rub off from him. So yeah, I think Tom Brady. He would be good for winning culture is the vibe you'd get he'd bring. I like it. Yeah. Do you have a favorite rugby moment as a coach, as a player, as a fan? Is there one moment where you look back on and say, that was it. That was the moment where I fell in love with the sport. Um, oh, I fell in love with footy as a kid, like just from like that was sort of that just grew as I went. My dad got me into it. Probably two, I reckon. There was, I've got, I've got, I've got uh, a bunch of brothers, and we always wanted to play together and and uh, and do something special together. Our careers just never really worked out that we could. But I did in in Canada one year play with one of my brothers, and we won a championship. And I do remember the full time whistle going at that grand final and finding my brother. Um, that was, that was pretty cool. Probably the other moment, uh, cause it was so emotional was when we won with the rats, that 217 grand final and what had all gone on in that year. Yeah. That, I'd have to say they'd be my two favorite singular moments. That's a beautiful one. Yeah. I loved, I remember that game like it was yesterday. Unbelievable. Um, unbelievable yeah. vibe of that ground. And then lastly, last question. Off the back of his quality kick last week, are you going to start Michael Hooper at 10 this week? <laughs> I, notice he's, I notice he's doing a bit more of it this week. He's really sort of driving the, the fact home that he is a 50-22 specialist. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, nah, he's, he's got his – he'll have his work cut out, I reckon, keeping up with that young uh, young Fraser this week. So, um yeah, we'll, we'll probably. I imagine his uh, his boot will go in the pocket for a while. Fair, fair play. Um, honestly, could talk to you all day, but I'm, I know that you're a very, very busy man. So I'll finish off by saying uh, thanks so much, mate, for coming on. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. No, no, good. Uh, keep up the good work. It's good to have podcasts like this promoting our game and good solid people like you that are passionate about it. Thanks, Nick.
Mate, it's an absolute pleasure to uh, to cover rugby. Um, and uh, it's great when you, when we have passionate folks like yourself uh, coaching the game and uh, and really trying to to be great ambassadors for our for our sport. So for everyone listening, um, you can catch out the, catch the Reds versus the New South Wales Waratahs this week. You can catch all of the action this weekend on Stan Sport DC. Again, thanks for coming on, and for all of our listeners, we'll catch you the next time around. Yeah, I think that's a really silly question. You know, rugby's a game of fifteen players on the, on the field. When we're attacking, we're attacking weak defenders. We're looking for weak defenders. Why would we run at the strongest defenders? So if Martin's there and, and sorry, what's your name? Nick, and Nick's there, we're not going to run a Martin, are we? <laughs> Guys, can you just send my best wishes to Warren and make sure he enjoys the third and fourth playoff? <laughs>